Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, the show with two rugby league tragics talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I am the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Tuesday. You know what that means. We've got another episode of Carpool Rugby League coming your way. Um, heading into round 25 this week. Uh, we're ticking along and um, I suppose let's just let's just get it out of the way early here. Um, the, the, the talk of the town, the big news going around in Rugby League land. Um, all three of us last week, I think we all had the same tips and I think we all picked a full round. Is that correct? I think so. I think this I is think a history so. being created. <laughs> So, you have to start listening to us now, because uh, we're getting the tips right, but I think it was a pretty popular week for the tipsters in most tipping I think a lot of people people got tips right, whether or not they'll listen to us. Yeah, and in the... It was all the favourites. All the favourites won. It was. It doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't often happen that way. Uh, There were a few few little times there where uh, I thought that the Rabbitohs might ruin it for uh, for the tipsters. But uh, I know quite a few people in the um, the Carpool Rugby League competition used their joker. It was well used, and yeah, um, you know, I want to thank you personally, Graham, because you sort of alerted uh, alerted me to it. Like, I, I would, I don't think I probably would have used it otherwise. But thought, oh yeah, when I look at it and think, yeah, well, might as well. So yeah, I thought... uh, I, I've got some sort of respectability now in my tip. <laughs> I'm not the laughing stock anymore. Well, the, um, the the tipping comp, the Carpool Rugby League one, it's actually heating up uh, the, the race at the top. We've got uh, Dollar Billsy, which is our, our mate Dan Wills. So Wilsey there, uh, he's coming first by one point. And just behind him, believe it or not, is uh, is my wife. So there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, she's, uh, she's coming in at second. Then um, Goat Bryant, Beto. BJK84, so a few Carpool Rugby League fans are in there, but um, yeah, it's all happening here, it's all to play for, um, not only in the tipping comps, but it's all to play for on the field, we've effectively got, um, realistically, with a chance, people might say that the cutoff would be Manly in 12th there, um, no, quite I a few wouldn't. teams. They're gone. Yeah, quite a few teams vying for a spot. I think more realistically, um, look, I even think you're drawing a long bow at the moment with the um, with the Eels and Roosters. It'll be a big fortnight for them. Um, Eels still have a bye in hand. Uh, I think this week we've got some really big games. We, we've got the Rabbitohs playing the Knights. Uh, the winner of that game is really going to do themselves some favours in this top eight race. Um, and we even saw last week some big wins. Um, the Storm... They really showed that they're serious about this premiership. Um, as did the Broncos. The Broncos put a lot of points on as well. So there's plenty there to keep an keep an eye on. Um, as you said, all the favourites won. But I think it was the likes of, you know, the Panthers, even the Sharks winning convincingly, but more so the Broncos and the Storm, which mainly really made the competition um, I suppose, wake up and have a look at how they're going. So there was plenty to, to keep our eye on last week, and it's probably as good a time as any 
to um to ask you, Griffo, what caught your eye last week for Griffo's grab? Well, this is an unusual grab. It sort of started with a gaff. I've developed <laughs> into a grab. Still a mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry about that, but ah, that's um, all right. You can have it. It started with uh, this was in the Manly and uh, Panthers game, and Manly uh, Manly doing really well. Um, they're probably the better side in the first half. Um, but uh, I think it might have been twelve twelve at half time. Manly were in front. I think Penrith got a late try to uh, to sort of level level it up. Then very early in the second half, we saw uh, Ruben Garrick get the ball, and it was about twenty meters out from his line, and he's for, for, for reasons that I'll never understand. But apparently, uh, there was some it was a team thing that uh, it wasn't just a oh, okay brain snap although it really resulted that way but he kicks the ball downfield he just got the ball and um you know don't worry about having a set of six we'll uh, we'll kick it downfield um, kicking drill style well i think that's what he wanted well well, well <laughs> the that panthers are having none of it not. so <laughs> Dylan Edwards gets the ball. He starts to run downfield. I think he may have passed to uh, Steve Crichton, um, who passed inside to uh, Sunia Taruva, who um, beat a player, maybe beat two players, and then there was no one. And he just went and scored underneath the posts. Um, so, I mean, it was baffling. I, I could, like I was very happy, obviously. But, <laughs> yeah, the uh, Panthers loved it. So I don't. I, I'm going to. I'll give the. Uh, I'll give the award to Sonia uh, Taruva because he he actually went on a very good run. He, he beat a couple, maybe. He didn't have to beat too many. Once he broke the line, there was no one else there. He's looking around. Oh, there's no one else. Yeah, <laughs> just runs around and scores yeah. untouched, basically. Um, so uh, he's had a really good year, um, Tito yeah, Taruva, yeah. and. Uh, Hasn't scored too many tries. Um, he's been solid as. Uh, everyone, every team just puts all, all their kicks up for him because they don't want to kick to Toto and they don't want to kick to Edwards and he's the only one left. Um, I reckon he's dropped one or two all year. Uh, so he's, uh, his percentage of, uh, of taking the bombs is, uh, is very, very high. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a... It's, uh, it's a grab that was contributed to by what I'm going to call a, a diabolical uh, mistake from you know, the Manly yeah. fullback, but apparently it was in the game plan. Goodness me! Apparently. and that that gives them in. Oh, imagine, imagine if Shano was here talking about Seabolt's game plan to kick it on the first. <laughs> yes, he would love that. Uh, wouldn't he? But do you know what I actually thought as soon as he kicked it? The first thought I had was, "Oh, he's just in the." inside the 20 i thought he may have seen something and went for the um the very rare 2040 kick I, that was my first instinct and then i thought oh he's kicked it straight down the field and then it just looked a bit like he wanted a an old style kicking jewel well, and I, 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 that's I don't how know it's if, seen, but 
Yeah, I don't know if the other players, whether it was, like you said, a play and there were supposed to be chases and it wasn't on or whether... I don't know. But look, and, and, and as you said too, the other funny thing about that tribe is the angle that you see on TV, where obviously you can only see portion of the ground. I was a bit like you, and obviously, as you said, the Panthers were a bit surprised in a sense that as the play went on and it panned, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, the cover players will be there. There's a fullback right there, and I'm thinking, hang on. There's just clear space. It was it was one of the more bizarre things we've seen on a football field, and it was a really big, really big turning point, I suppose, in that game as well. There were it a was. few... Few turning points there because um, whilst the Panthers got the job done, they were the better team, deserved the win by far. I think the um, scoreline reflected, um, you know, where Penrith were at. I think they ended up winning by about twelve from memory. Yeah, um, Manly were right in that. It they wasn't a, it wasn't a belting, but I think in the end, because um, I know a few people have had a chat about, you know, obviously the. Um, yeah, the Liam Martin knock-on, which then went on and led to a try and so on and so forth. I don't think, whilst there was, you know, that decision there, no, um, I don't think anyone... In that in that circumstance, no oh. doubt about it. And I think yeah. there was another knock-on uh, or something in the game, uh, yeah. not leading to the try, but um, yeah, Penrith uh, probably got the rub of uh, a couple of good calls. Um yeah, got away with a couple. But I still think, it whilst because a lot of people will be saying, oh, Penrith's got this call, Penrith's got that call. Realistically, if you're a fan of rugby league, you watch the games, you watch Penrith, the better team won. Um, yeah, they they, I mean, they strangled Manly in the second half, as they do it to a lot of teams. That's that's what they do, oh. they have that grind. And that's that's why I'm hesitant to to talk about Penrith at the moment. Not Nothing against Penrith. I'm a bit hesitant to predict them to have large wins and go for that, you know, margin of the week, which we'll talk about a bit later yeah. in our preview. Because they're the type of team that'll just they'll they'll just grind down another another team and yeah, at, at the moment they're just really strangling. I think that's the best way to put it. But yeah, I know people talking about the um the referees. I mean there was another one too, um, just while we we're on the topic. Um South Sydney scored a try. With um, players offside, it's a great try for the highlight reel, but unfortunately, um, they're in front of the kicker. You know, the yeah, I haven't seen Nacco. that one yet. It's an interesting one. Have a look at, at it. It was a, I mean, it was a really good try. Um, you know, and a good good pass from Latrell back to Cody, and it'll be one on the highlight reel. But the, um, yeah. the unfortunate. I, I did see. I did see the. Uh, I did see the the pass, but mm. I didn't. Uh, yeah, didn't that, I, I, I thought they were. I thought they were offside from the kick, and you know how. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got one red eye and one green eye, so that saves something. But um, yeah, it just shows again the the dominance, um, I suppose, and the um the ability of the Panthers to to strangle teams and and, and really um grind grind those wins. It's they there's just something about the Panthers at the moment where teams feel like they can go with them, and then they just they just suck the energy out of them. So. Uh, they'll be looking for another, um, you know, big game this week. We'll talk about them playing the Titans. I think they'll be heavily favoured in that game going up to the Gold Coast, and with the um, the Broncos having the bye this week, uh, the the battle for the minor premiership is um, is well and truly alive. Both the Panthers and Broncos on thirty eight points. Um, the other thing we probably talk about. 
uh, we need to talk about signing news. We've been big fans of keeping up with the signing news. There's always a lot happening in the world of rugby league. Probably the biggest news this week, I think, Griffo is coming out of the Titans. Um, this is a very interesting signing. I think people's opinions will be divided on this, even Titans fans. Now, whilst no one is going to argue that um, re-signing David Fafida and uh, Bettino uh, would be a, a great thing to do, um, the length of time is very interesting. I think Fafida's signed on to the end of 2026, but what we're hearing for Tino is um, a 10-year contract. And I think you were saying to me off-air that the, the type of money that's been talked about is uh, it's about 12, 12 million over 10 years. Is that what is that I think what something like that reported. Yeah. Obviously, um, we don't know exactly, but they're the numbers that have been thrown around the media. Big numbers. Uh, a mil yeah. plus per year um, for a prop for 10 years. Yeah. Thoughts um, on the length of the contract? Too long. From whose point of view? The club's or Tino's point of view? Uh, No, in the club. Um, Like, look, Tino is, he's an outstanding player. Um, At 23 years of age. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, Tino for six years, that's what I would have, if I was a Titans fan, I think, yeah. Get him on a big six-year deal. Um, we've seen the, the best, I guess, the parallel is Jason Tamalolo, um, who signed a 10-year deal. I'm not certain, but I think he might have been a little bit younger. Um, he's still got, I think I heard he still had four years to go. And and while he did some great things uh, and, and, you know, they won a comp, um, and, and he was the premier forward in rugby league for a number of years. I don't think anyone thinks of Jason Tamalolo now as as a premier uh, forward. Like some weeks he started from the bench for the Cowboys. Um, and and when, they, when he was out injured, they didn't really skip a beat. Like he's still a very good player. Um, but, at, uh, you know, the aging process takes its toll. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I just think it's uh, 10 years is, is at least too, too many um, and maybe four too many. Six years is a long contract and you don't get too many players signing a six-year deal. They'll take him to 29. Taking... Yeah, yeah well, I, what still, I heard was you know? his last year for this contract will be the year after the Brisbane Olympics. Yeah, so he'll be, yeah, what to say, he's 23. So we're, we're looking at this contract taking him into his, um, yeah, what, 33. Yeah, yep. a, and not only for any rugby league player, it's, it, the, the, the thing, do you think part of the factor of this is that we have seen in recent years the, the medical retirement come into play? Do you think this is something that, could have factored in the position. I know we're trying to read a lot of minds here, but a lot of people will say, well, you don't know where he's going to be. You don't know if he's going to be injured, this and that and the other. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if the clubs are starting to think, oh, well, if the, the player's no good and he's got three years to go, we can do a medical retirement and then so on and so forth. 
Well, if he was wearing red and green, uh, I think yeah, that might be yeah, possible. Yeah, <laughs> the of the Masters and the medical yeah. I've not heard too many other clubs have that get-out clause, but... Uh, yeah, um, trust the South fan to know that one. <laughs> well, they've had a few. I, mean, it was just, I think it was Greg Inglis and obviously the, the, Sam Burgess. Sam Bur <clears throat> Sam Burgess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, uh, as I said, Who knows? it's you know, good on Tino. Um, he's a fabulous player and uh, the Titans want stability. They have seen in him a leader. He's already the club captain at, at a very young age. He, he took on that role. So, you know, he's got those qualities that you need and you, um, and he's a, he's a do as I do sort of a guy. I don't know if he's a big talker on the field, but, He's the hardest working bloke in that side. And, um, yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, I, I believe there was a few clubs circling, particularly the Melbourne Storm, which is where he uh, came through and made his debut and indeed won a competition with that club uh, in 2019, I think it was. Um or maybe 2020. Uh, yeah, they beat the, the Panthers. It was Tino's uh, last year with the Storm. Um, so he would have only been maybe 20, 21 years of age uh, mm. and then went up to the uh, the Titans. I, I mean, only time will tell. Um, I think it's a good contract for now, for, for probably the next four to five years where he is going to be... Uh, one of, if if not the most dominant uh, forward in the game, um, he certainly be up there in in the top uh, handful. You know, three to five, he, he's he's in there. Tino, um, Fifita, uh, they've they've held on to their two big name forwards. Uh, Fifita, uh, they've only signed to a three year deal, and he's been there for. Um, I'm not sure if it's two or three years he's been there. I'm thinking it's his third year. Um, million, I believe. I think that's a good deal uh, for both parties. Yeah. Uh, I think Des Hasler... <clears throat> look, to be fair to Fafita, I think he's had his best year. Even though we haven't seen... The highlights reel hasn't been as, as amazing, but his workload has increased. Mm. And he's... Uh, I think Kieran Foran being there has helped him. I think Des Hasler coming in will help him. Um, he's uh, he's returned to the State of Origin arena and did very, very well. He's not just a guy who, um, you know, sort of, he'll come up with the uh, the big the big play and then you won't see him for the rest of the game. He's, uh, he's much more involved. And, um, you know, him and, and Tino, they're two of the very best... Uh, players in the uh, in the forwards in, in our game and uh, if you're picking an Australian team tomorrow yeah, um, Tino's in there and, and I dare say uh, Fafita would be uh, thereabouts as well um, does it leave enough money to sign a high quality halfback mm. that's what they probably need even well that's what they need um 
they're debuting a, <clears throat> a young fella tomorrow. Oh, sorry, Saturday, I think the game is. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that later. But uh, Tanner Boyd out for the season uh, with an operation on a sh- he's had he's he's had his best year, um, and he's a very good goal kicker. But is he going to get you uh, take you to a premiership? Well, maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, Titans. I, I just think there's so much potential in that side, Always and obviously, is. yeah. Well, I think more so in the last couple of years with Tino and Fifita there, and some yeah. very exciting backs. A um, lot of pace in the side. Their problem has been being able to close games out, even when they've had big leads to get run down. But yeah. uh, it'll be interesting. I think under Hasler, I think they're really a, a, I think there's not a top eight threat. I think for them, they'll be at a top eight expectation. And if they don't make the eight next year, that will be a failure, I think, for that club because um, they, they do have a strong roster and uh, it's led by Tino and David Fafita. What, what are your thoughts, Graham? On the side? yeah, I I think having like from the the point of view of the the players, like if I'm Tino, um, I'm wrapped. I've I've got um, yeah, it's, it's it's like you know winning that what do they call the lotto thing? That set for life, you know. It's 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 this guaranteed money. It sets him and his family up for life. It's um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a smart decision from that point of view. I think for the Titans, the uh, I think it is a long time to invest. The hard thing is you just don't know what can happen in that ten years. It's a long time, and clubs they they make punts even on on the shorter term, and it is quite rare to go with a a ten year contract. We've seen very few of them. Um, probably the contract that. Um, created a lot of buzz around this. And I think at the time, I remember them saying, oh, they've signed him for life. It was a lifetime contract and it's probably up in an, in a year or two with the Cherry Evans one. Um, but there's, there's a different story there when you're paying a million dollars a year for a halfback who's proven at the highest level, uh, you can understand why clubs will make that million plus investment. I'm not saying that Tino's not worth a million plus, but to look into the crystal ball and say in eight or nine years' time that he's going to be worth more than a million dollars a year, who knows where he's going to be then. But they're putting a lot of faith in him. Um, and I just worry sometimes with clubs like the Titans, who do sometimes struggle to attract marquee players. My feeling here is I, I don't know if they've got a little bit of fear of missing out where they say we've got to sign this guy up so he doesn't go elsewhere because we don't have the confidence that we could, um, in five years' time, for example, snag the next young Tino coming through at a cheaper rate. So, you know, sometimes for me it's about value for money. Sometimes buying a youngster and um, having them in your system for a few years and possibly even moving them on and getting another youngster can be a bit more economical for the club. But I think they're also banking on and hoping that the cap goes up and that by the time this contract... Oh, absolutely. uh, at the back end, that uh, it's not massive, ridiculous money, but um, yeah, great for Tino. Uh, I think the Titans may have overcommitted. That's not a knock against Tino, but we know that uh, in a game like rugby league, especially for forwards, the way they 
absolutely put their body on the line. We've talked about loads. We've talked about the amount of football they play. Um, there's a lot of football between now and 10 years for, for Tino, especially... I'd be surprised if, if they've put any... Uh, if there's any sort of uh, clauses in there, like, uh, you know, he had... Um, with uh, Holbrook, if Holbrook's not the coach, he had a clause to get out because I think he had a couple more years on the on the deal that he was already on. Right. Um, so he's got a new so, deal effectively because of that get out clause. It's like a renegotiation yeah. kind of but thing. But because so, of that get out clause, it did allow clubs like Melbourne, yeah, to, to pursue him. Um, so, so um, you know, probably Gold Coast has shot himself in the foot with a with that previous deal. Hmm. Must have a good manager. I'll tell you what, the manager's done a great job. Got here, rich manager. Yeah, well, the manager, yeah, commission. Yeah, he's probably just scratched the set for life as well. But yeah. um, yeah, look, good on him, and hopefully, I hope for the Titans it works out. I hope in, you know, six, seven years time, we're going. Geez, they made a good call there, you know. And you know, you never know. The salary cap could go up significantly. It could be a lot more money coming into the game. We don't even know what the media landscape's going to be like. Ten years yep. ago, you know, if, if people talk to you about the impact of, oh, you know, you wouldn't even know what KO was and things. Like, you know, the, the way that rugby league is consumed, the next television rights deal could be vastly different. We don't know how much money's coming in. We don't know how much money is going to be made from going to Las Vegas and people in Vegas gambling on rugby league and being a part of it. So... You know, there's a lot happening in rugby league and the development of the game, the revenue, the sponsorships, so on and so forth, could be could be at another level in 10 years, so you don't know. We could be talking about the Titans actually picking him up cheap because they signed him long-term. When we're doing this podcast in 10 years, Graham, <laughs> discussing the Tino thing, I, I might be doing it from the retirement village. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But, yeah, it'll take a fair bit to stop us talking rugby league, and there's plenty of rugby league to talk about this week. Um, we might as well get straight into the round because there's some big games, and the further we go into this season, the bigger the games get. Um, as I as I said before, we've got the Panthers and Broncos out in front on the ladder. Uh, the race for the top four. Uh, the Storm really cemented their credentials as a top four side but keep in mind the Sharks and the Raiders aren't too far off um just quickly before we go into this week I just want to get your thoughts just very very briefly on the Raiders because I think the feeling has been for a while that they're um they've had a good draw their position on the table was inflated they've now slipped to sixth spot they got the dogs this week but they finished with the broncos and um then i think in the last round they got the sharks who have found a little bit of form so that that game there could be quite big now they're already sitting on 30 points they don't have a great for and against um bit of a concern i feel like for the sharks i don't know I think we'll have a better idea this time next week whether they're at risk of missing the eight. But I think a lot of people, as we've been sort of saying in previous weeks, I mean, they're, they're sitting in sixth position, paying 91 bucks to win the comp. 
Are we being a bit harsh to say that even if they do make the finals, we feel as though they might be making up the numbers and they'll be, uh, they might be out the out the back door? I know it's a few weeks away, but that's the feeling I'm starting to get with their form. Yeah, I, I think I've had that feeling for a while, to be honest, Graham. Um, yeah, I was complimentary of them <clears throat> being in the position they were. I think they've had a few losses, so they've been on thirty points for a while. Look like they're in position to make the top four, and um, well, they've basically fallen apart. Like they're not a contender at all. Whether they, if they might make the A, if they got if they beat the Bulldogs, um, I think they're they're, they're not guaranteed because they got that no. awful for and against. Yeah. Um, but then it comes down, and they're not going to beat the Broncos. Um, and then it comes down to the Sharks game. Um, so could very well be for a spot in the eight, depending on what happens in the next couple of weeks. Well, it'd be know. great if it was. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's really hard to to say. I mean, we all expect they're going to beat the Bulldogs. But that's uh, not a given, though. It's not a given. <laughs> but oh, I'd love to see the Bulldogs beat them and, and open it right up. Because the way it looks, I think we're back to that nine teams with a realistic chance that we talked about a few weeks ago, and then we thought it yeah. all changed. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're, they're cannon fodder in the in the eight. I think they're wait, taking, uh, they're just taking a spot and a waste of time. Um, I I think the Roosters could do more damage in the eight than what the Raiders could do. But the problem for the Roosters is to go get there. Um, the Raiders are in position. It's in their hands. For clubs like the Roosters and the Eels, it's essentially out of their hands to an extent. Um, the Raiders, to their credit, they won a lot of tight games. They got them a lot of points. And um, when they've lost, it's generally been a whacking that they've copped. Um, they're not going to. They're not going to do anything if they make the eight. I'd rather see. Well, well, yeah, I would rather see the Roosters be there as a as a team that's some hope of doing something for the sake of the comp, for the sake of my team. I hope Canberra makes it because, I mean, we're not going to see them because they'll get knocked out in the first week. But uh, anyway, it'd be a good achievement if Canberra can make it. Like they can still say, "Well, we've made the eight in the last two years." Um, with what I don't True. consider to be one of the stronger rosters. No, no. So, look, they're doing well and credit to the Raiders, but that just shows that even games like a Canberra Bulldogs game this week where it may not look as though it's, you know, a big top eight clash, it has massive implications for the top eight because I'd almost argue that um, if they lose to the Bulldogs, I think they'll it'll be very difficult for them to, uh, to make the eight. I actually... I think they'll really struggle in those last two games against the, the Broncos and the Sharks, but it's all to it's all to be seen. And really, um, you know, the best thing to do this week to get a gauge of what's going on is to have a look at the games and um, get ready for the two minute tip. There's the whistle and kickoff for this week's round twenty five two minute tip preview. Uh, the first game we've got will be happening Thursday night at Country. Bank Stadium, sorry, Queensland Country Bank Stadium, I should say, in Townsville. The ninth place Cowboys looking to break into the top eight 
against the Cronulla Sharks. And it's a big week for the Cowboys with South and Newcastle playing each other. So I would say that a win for the Cowboys would put them in the eight. Uh, looking at the teams and team news, Nanai's name to return. Um, it looks as though that's ahead of schedule. Uh, he was probably you know, thinking a few more weeks than that from his shoulder injury, but he's back on the list this week. Um, Hess back to the bench. Tanua Brown, 18th man. Feltz on the wing this week with um, Talungi in the centres. Uh, Taumo, I've also noticed he's, uh, he's in the reserves list there. Uh, he's had a long-term foot injury, so um, I suppose that's good signs for him and the Cowboys. It means that he's uh, on the mend and not too far away. For the Sharks, Hazleton comes back into the side. He missed last week with a concussion. Calhoun's back to the bench. And that's pretty much the only change for them. After defeating the Tigers, convinc- uh, the Titans, I should say, convincingly last week. Um, thoughts on this one? It's, it's, it's just about sudden death for, for some of these teams. And the Cowboys will be treating this one like a, a sudden death final come early. Yeah, um, this is a big game, but you know, as you said, well, and and this this uh, sort of been this game's been talked about for a few weeks as has been pivotal in the makeup of the air. Um, the Cowboys, who for most of the season were down closer to the bottom of the ladder, <clears throat> then uh, put a lot of wins together. Uh, they they sort of uh, fell off a bit again there um, a couple of weeks ago. But they got their bye, um, and it's only, I think, for and against that has them outside the eight at the moment. I thought the Sharks were gone. Um, they uh, started to lose some games, and particularly in the Penrith game, um, you know, they, they had nothing, scored nothing. Um, but since that time, they've won two games, which has been a little bit of a surprise, um, particularly, obviously, the game in Perth against the rabbit holes. So um, they've done well um, to be where they are. Uh, and very much destiny is in their hands. Um, can they go up to uh, Townsville and win? Uh, well, there a chance. Um, I mean, they're getting, they're, they're not, it's not their you know, absolute best side, but it's certainly uh, it's got most of the makings of, of their best side, given that yeah there are some guys who are out for the season like Finucane, but you know Cameron McInnes is there doing a, a fabulous job in thirteen. Uh, this also uh, Will Kennedy, of course, but Connor Tracy looked good last week. Um, a man with immense pace, and he's starting to uh, look uh, you know a reasonable fullback. Um, Mulitalo's back there, so they're back to their normal two to five. Gatolo, Ramey, and Talakai, Mulitalo. In saying that, I don't know that they can go up to Townsville and defeat the Cowboys uh, who are in a a must-win situation. Um, And uh, So I'm going to tip the Cowboys simply uh, because they're at home, and I think they are going to be able to reignite that electricity that they had going uh, a few weeks ago albeit without Valentine Holmes. So uh, it should be a good game. What about you, Graham? Who do you think? I, I agree. I, I'm going the Cowboys as well. I've been thinking about this one. Uh, before we come on air, I was looking at this game and I thought, oh, geez, it's a bit of a tough one. Um, 
the Sharks have hit this little bit of form and the Cowboys have sort of gone off, but I, I, I don't know if I'm willing to say that the Sharks are over that... I wouldn't even call it a slump. It was... For the most part of the year, they really struggled against the top teams. And the Cowboys, up until a week or two ago, have been playing like a top team. Uh, I think the style of play that the Cowboys have, where they're, they're a really exciting attacking, attacking team, I think that they've got a fair few points in them. Um, last week, the Sharks showed they had points in them. It's just... I just there's just something about me. I'm not really sold yet on the Sharks. That that game against South was a turning point, but prior to that, I was really disappointed. I mean, it's only what just over a fortnight ago, would be three weeks ago, that they got um, convincingly beaten by Penrith. So I'm I'm really skeptical that the Sharks can put together you know three good performances. And they look, you know, they've got the Cowboys this week, the Sharks. Then they play the Knights, and they finish off with the Raiders. So, jeez, they're they're playing all their games against other top eight contenders. There, it's must win, which makes it interesting. Well, yeah, it's so interesting. But I think I'm with you. I think the Cowboys at home might just have a bit much for them. So I'm gonna stick with the Cowboys in a in a close one. This one, I think, will uh will divide the punters in the tipping comps. Okay, the second game of the week will uh, take us to Auckland. Um, the Warriors are going to be hosting the Manly Seagulls uh, in this game here. Um, Chance Nickel Klockstad is back. He missed last week's game against the Tigers. Um, Wade Egan named despite spending the weekend in hospital after a knock to the, uh, I think it was to the throat. Uh, Foa is in the front row in place of Barnett. Um, he had a big cut on his leg during the Tigers game, so um, I'd imagine there's some issues and complications with that. Uh, the Seagulls, coming out of that game last week against uh, Penrith, we saw two players, Parker and Trebojevic, obviously um, having to go through the concussion protocols this week. Uh, they were both off last week, enacting the, um, you know, activating, I should say, the uh, 18th man. So they'll be missing this week with those uh, 11-day protocols. Harper comes into the centres. Um, Tulagi starts in the back row. Arthur on the bench. This is another game where I know that we've sort of written them off, but the Seagulls, they'll be still winning and hoping that they're a chance and looking to to keep their slim finals hopes alive against the Warriors team, who's really surprised everyone this year and entrenched themselves in the, in the top four. Yeah, it is a surprise. Um, I didn't see the game against the Tigers last week. I probably need to have a look at the uh, mini of that game, but um, it wasn't uh, by any means uh, a uh, a walk in the park for the for the Warriors. But I just think they'll be too solid for Manly. Um, Manly, one of those. You can't. Uh, you can't really trust them to to come out and play well. They, they are missing players, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, I see Morgan Harper back in first grade, and he's had his problems uh, on the field, uh, particularly in defence. So I think he's going to be targeted. Um, 
the Warriors have shown that they can score points. And I, I do think, uh, I'm not going to tip it as my margin, but I do think they're going to be too strong at home for, for Manly. Um, they've got to be off their game for Manly to be any chance. Um, Manly side, Schuster, the $800,000 man, um, who doesn't play like an $800,000 player, um, apart from he's got the brilliance, he's got the brilliance. But I mean, last week he, he, he took an intercept and he hasn't got you know, he couldn't run 100 meters. Well, he didn't have to run 100, but he had to run about 80. I think he made it about 40 and then he kicked <laughs> for no one. There's no one else there. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> um, yeah, quite amazing. He's a freakish talent, but um, he's uh, he hasn't got consistency. It's Warriors for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Warriors in this one. I think they've. I've really enjoyed watching the Warriors play this year. Um, I don't know if it's because they're the Warriors. I don't know if people are just sort of you know holding off on them a bit, but they've they've consistently. Um, won games. They're, they're just a team that, that knows how to win. I mean, sometimes it's not as convincing as you'd expect against certain teams. Um, you know, last week with the Tigers, there were, you know, sometimes there or thereabouts where the the Tigers, you felt like they might get, get in the game there. But um, now Warriors in New Zealand, for me, I think they're, um, they're going to be a really good chance of winning this one and continuing their push for a top four spot. Okay, moving on to the feature match on Friday evening, 8pm. Combank Stadium, Parramatta will see the Eels host the Sydney Roosters. This is a big game as well, very intriguing game with uh, the Roosters hitting a little bit of form. Parramatta feeling as though their fans are feeling as though they're on the slide. Um, There's a big loss for them with Mitch Moses. He's out for the season. Um... So Dylan Brown and RC are going to be there in the halves. Sevo and Campbell Gillard come back, which is, uh, I suppose, good news. Um, Davey's out with concussion. Um, obviously, with RCG coming back, you've got Offa Hengawi going to lock from prop to cover for Davey. So a little bit of a switcheroo there. Um, Interesting, that one. Also got Crichton. been arguably the best player. Like, he's mm. moving them into the second row. So... Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how they go there. They're just trying to fit everyone in, I think, at the moment. Um, the Roosters have Angus Crichton coming back from a knee injury. Napa going back to the reserves. Sam Walker, 18th man. Um, he obviously had that knee injury. There was that time he spent in New South Wales Cup. Uh, he played uh, a full game of New South Wales Cup last week. So um, he he's not he's obviously fit. Uh, it's just whether or not they um, they look at him as a, a possible option. They've got Kiri and Hutchinson as the halves. Uh, be interested to see your thoughts on the Roosters here. They've hit almost like a little bit of form. They're, they're winning games here, but uh, come against, up against Parramatta, who really are, are desperate. They're, their season's on the line. It's it's sudden death for them. Yeah, I think uh, it's, uh, it's going to be the end of them uh, this week. Um 
you mentioned they got a few ins, but uh, all of those ins together don't make up for the out yeah. of their Moses. key man, Mitchell Moses. Um, yeah, I don't give him a chance. Uh, you know, I don't give him a chance. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll you. Moses, I think the Roosters I... are without without Moses. I think I think the Roosters are, are specials in this one. I mean, you know, like you look back, you know, however many thousand years, six or uh, I could be wrong on the history, but what would the Israelites have been without Moses? <laughs> That's right. About, about <laughs> as much chances uh, of, of, of the Eels uh, beating the Roosters, I think. But uh, they're all yeah. standing in front of the Red Sea, wondering how they're going to get across. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't swim, even though we're eels. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. there's no chance. Roosters yeah. getting back to uh, close to their best side on paper. Um, Hutchison keeps his place. He did really. I don't know if he was man of the match, but they don't talk about that really. But um, he, he he did really well. I watched the um, I watched the mini of that game. Uh, I'd had the Roosters as my special of the week, yeah. um, and I thought they were going well in the first half, but they couldn't crack the. The Dolphins, the Dolphins, I think, actually went in at maybe 8-0. Or, or they led 8-0. I think the Roosters got tried just on half-time. Yeah. And that's one-way traffic pretty much in the second half. I think that would have given some confidence to the Roosters in their attack, which has sort of been stunted for most of the year. But uh, I, I was really impressed with Billy Smith. I thought he, he looked yep. good. Um, but, yeah, it's Roosters all the way for me. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good... Uh young player on the rise, isn't he? I'm with you. I think the Roosters, I think it's simple as that. I think the Roosters are on the way up, albeit all too late. Um, I mean, both these teams, though, when you look at it, they're both on 26. I mean, the Roosters will probably think that there's still a chance. It'll be very difficult. The winner of this, technically, would probably say is still alive. Like I said, Roosters, I feel like we're on the way up. Eels on the slide. Moses out. Be too much to overcome uh, Roosters to win this one. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, uh, this is interesting, our next game is also at Combank Stadium. This time it will be a West Tigers home game when they host the Dolphins at 3pm. Uh, team news, uh, the Tigers looks as though it's the same 17 uh, as last week. They played the Warriors, now obviously they, they pushed the Warriors, they saw some good signs there, they didn't get the win. But um, obviously, Tim Sheen's very happy with the uh, the the potential and promise he saw there in the side. Um, the Dolphins do have some concerns, specifically around HIA protocols after their match with the Roosters. Um, Connolly, obviously, his mates call him Billy, and um, Kenny Bromwich, um, Hammer, all missing this week. Wow, it's, it's a long list of outs, isn't it? Yeah, Bostock, Jennings, and the new centre combination. Aikens in the back row, uh, traditionally a centre. Marshall King sideline with a shoulder injury. Harrison Graham in at hooker. Ray Stone out, so uh, JJ Collins, the football player with a name that sounds like he's an author, is on the bench. Yeah. Um, Dolphins, oh, geez. This is a tough one to pick because with the... The Dolphins haven't been sent in the world on fire. There's some players missing. 
Tigers showed a bit of promise last week. Is this enough for you to tip the Tigers this week, Griffo? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm tipping them. Looking at this is the first time I've looked at. Uh, I, I didn't even know they were playing until uh, you know we're going through this now. But um, yeah, they, they've actually been not too bad the last few weeks, the Tigers. Um, but not not getting the points. I think this is a big chance to to get a fourth win for the season. And I think they will. I, I look at this stuff inside and it, it seems to be falling apart. Um, I don't know if it's all injury or any of those guys are dropped on form. I think, uh, you know, probably uh, Tafari, he's listed at number 22. I think uh, too much of a defensive liability. The uh, best thing he can do over the over the off-season is probably shed about 10 kilo. Um, yeah, it's a big lie. But uh, it's too big. Um, yeah, you know, if, if he wants to be successful, you, yeah. you can't be like a one-trick pony where you just, okay, it's near the line, you, you're 30 kilos heavier than the guy in front of you, just run over the top of him. Yeah. Um, teams work that out. And, you know, for every sort of try that, that he scores or creates is, is probably letting in two or three at least. So, um, yeah, he's, he's got work on, on, uh, his general fitness. If he, if he's going to be a, a regular, uh, NRL player, I mean, we've seen a few guys like him. And I think the one that was probably most like Conrad Horrell yeah. had some, you know, made a big impact in a short space of time and then sort of, uh, spent a career, uh, you know, a fair bit of it in reserve grade and then uh, over to the uh, the Super League. Um, and I think unless Tafare can uh, can to lose some weight and get fit, and that's that's where where he's gone ahead. Um, but in this game, uh, Tigers look good. Uh, it's a strong lineup. Uh, their forward pack on paper is almost as good as any in the league. Um, they got some pace in the backs. There's some skill there. The the big question always is is can they defend? Um, but the, on paper they look better than the Dolphins, and I'm going to stick with them, Graham. I'm with you. I think the the, the Tigers have um, over the past couple of weeks shown more more promise than the Dolphins. I think last week against the Warriors they weren't too far away. Um, they really matched it for a team and. Yeah, you know, the Warriors are a top four team. They've 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 shown throughout the season that they've they deserve to be there and that they've um, won enough games to to be considered one of those top teams. There's only two teams have won more games than them. So uh, the Tigers matching it with them that they showed some positive signs there. I think the Dolphins are really looking fatigued. I think this first season they they rode a lot of um, emotion and excitement at the start of the season. They started really well. Um, their depth is being tested significantly, and what we're finding is that when players have to move around, the depth's being tested. Uh, there's that fatigue setting in there. So um, I think the Tigers are going to um, win this one, which will give them a little bit of respect, um, albeit keep them on the, the bottom of the table. So, yeah, Tigers in this one. <laughs> Okay, our next game of the week on Saturday evening at 5.30pm will be on the Gold Coast. Seabus Super Stadium will see the Titans host the top of the table, Penrith Panthers. Uh, for the Titans, 
Uh, AJ Brimson, I've noticed, is on the reserves list, number 19 there, so something to keep an eye on there. He was um, he was ruled out late uh, last week, so... Um, yeah, there's also a bit of a bit of a shuffle here too. Um, f- no foreign in the half, so Campbell goes into number six. Um, Weaver at number seven. Yeah, um, that's the guy I was uh, alluding yeah. to. Played uh, half for, or it might have been five eight or half. He played along uh, young Pezet last year. Yeah, on the nineteens game, and yeah. uh, I've heard a bit about him. He's he's an organising style halfback, um, and yeah, big raps on the guy. This is his debut, is. and uh, really a chance to to put his best foot forward. Uh, um, you know, I'm sure that the incoming coach Des Hazel will be really interested in in how he goes uh, in the number seven jersey. Mm, um, yeah, so and, and and you'd think he'll um he'll have the last few games there with Tanner Boyd being ruled yeah. out due to shoulder injury. So maybe you see it's, it's yeah, it's one of those interesting things when you look at the players available in their back line, you know. AJ Brimson comes back, that could, you know, also impact that, that halves combination. Do you put Campbell back to, to five to full back? Um there's, there's there's a few possibilities for them there, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um Mo Fodawaker also back from suspension um, for the Titans. Uh, for the Panthers, um, Jerome Luai and Mitch Kenny back in the team this week. Um, Tyrone Peachy also back from suspension. He's in the um, centres. He'd be taking Hosking's spot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Hosking's been playing in the centres recently. I just had to have a think about how all that sort of slides around. Um, interesting, though, that they've got Cogger there at 18th man. Not sure if that has any insight into um, into Luai. I'd imagine he'd be pretty good to go this week. But, uh, look, you got the Titans who have been very indifferent throughout the season uh, and the Panthers who just seem to know when to peak at the right time. Um they're out in front. They've uh, they're on thirty eight points. They've been they've been dominant the last few weeks. Um, I know that you'd be pretty keen to to have a look at this one, Griffo, and I think you'd be um, also pretty confident as a Panthers fan yourself that they can go up to the Gold Coast and come back with two points. Be disappointed if they don't, Grant. Yeah, it's an expectation. Yeah, um, a lot of chopping and changing with the Gold Coast side. Um, due to injuries, basically. Um, there's still a side that you can throw a lot at you with the ball, but the big question mark is is what are they going to be able to do in defence? Um, with uh, <clears throat> Jaden Campbell uh, up in the front line, Weaver's only a, a small lad, I think uh, I think they're going to see plenty of traffic. Um, none of their backs are noted uh, strong defenders. I mean, uh, the Shoop Dog sort of was, but he's he's probably not had his best year in defence as a Gold Coast Titan. So 
I do think uh, they've got the ability, the Titans, to worry Penrith when they've got the ball. But it's uh, it's when they don't have the ball that I think uh, is going to be a bit of a problem for them. Um, the uh, Yeah, I, I do think Penrith win. I'm not going to say they're going to win by a, a huge margin because they have been content just to get the two points. And um, I think that'll be their goal this week. I don't think it's going to be any sort of big margin, but uh, I think it might be similar, you know, maybe a two-try victory. It might be a bit more if the Gold Coast uh, don't aim up enough in defence. But I do expect uh, the Gold Coast will challenge uh, Penrith, sort of. They average about 12 points a game. Um, the Gold Coast have the ability to score more than that, but it's uh, whether they can, can stop the tries and, and I don't think they'd be able to as I said with a front line uh, made up of Weaver and Jaden Campbell I think uh, and, and the outside backs are, they're very iffy in defence I think it's going to be a bit of a problem for them uh, it's a good chance for Penrith to, to put on a few plays and see how they go um, still no Isaac Tango no one knows what his injury is mm. um, we don't hear anything about it it worries me that it's uh, a more serious injury because it, they haven't come out and said, you know, and said it's a calf or it's hamstring or, or just what it is. We just don't know. And this will be the fifth this is game in a row. Bizarre, isn't it? Yep. Normally with a player, you know, oh, yeah, he's had this or he's had that. But They're usually very transparent, yeah. Well, we don't know anything. Yeah. Which oh. is the concern, really. That it's, uh, you know, when are we going to see? Spencer is named on an extended, or on the reserve bench. I don't expect we'll see him. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, whatever, you know, I still think Penrith win, Graham. Yeah, and it's an interesting one, as you said, like we keep saying it every week, um, all the information is leg, and every week it's as though... Whatever week it is, so you, you you know you look up the information this week. We'll say round twenty five. He won't play next week. It'll be round twenty six. So then they're not taking any chances with him. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a watch this space. But regardless of that, they're, they're still winning, and I think um, this is an opportunity. You mentioned the Titans that when they've got the ball, they can be you know a bit dangerous, and there's obviously concerns when they don't have the ball. And we've seen in the last few weeks. We haven't talked a lot about him, but one player who, you know, he's always played well, but I think coming back from, from State of Origin and in this latter part of the season has had some really good um, games and some really good touches. Stephen Crichton, I think, has been phenomenal for the Panthers. He has. And I, I think that they're, they're at this point now where I know that you know, if you're a Titans fan and you or your Titans, even the Titans coaching staff will be looking at this team. They'll probably be looking at you know players like Tyrone Peachy, looking for those those weaknesses here and there where they might not be as strong. But um, the rest of that back line with with Crichton and Toto, uh, Taruva, we've talked about him coming in. But I, I just think the form of Crichton, uh, he just pops up in all these in all the right places. Um, I, I, I hope that Tom Weaver keeps an eye out because um, Crichton's got a a knack of getting up in the line and when young halfbacks have to make big decisions, uh, Crichton seems to be able to pick a few intercepts off. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's he's a player to watch this week. I think 
Um, he's just about as special to score a try this week and come up with some big plays in defense. I think he's been massive for the Panthers, and I think the Panthers will win this one. I think they'll win well. Don't know. I'm, I'm considering them for the for the biggest margin of the week, but as I said earlier, you know, it's contradicting what I said earlier with the with the grind. But I think with um the team like the Titans, a lot of young players in the team. Um, I, I just feel like if the Panthers, with the quality they've got in the backs, if they get some of these players one on one, they the Titans will really struggle to shut them down. So I think the Panthers, um, are very confident that they'll get the win in this one. <laughs> Uh, the 7.30pm Saturday game this week will be down in Wollongong with the St. George of the Warrior Dragons hosting Red Hot Melbourne Storm who are coming off a massive win against the Raiders last week. Uh, for the Dragons, uh, they went down to South Sydney last week. They were missing Zach Lomax. They'll be happy to welcome him back as well as Francis Molo, which um, begins for them. Uh, as a Storm, you'd imagine... Um, they're, they've named the same 17. You don't want to make too many changes when you have a big win. Um, Warbrick is on the reserves list this week. He was withdrawn last week. Um, it was a neck injury before the game. Um, just keep an eye on it too. I think we've got Harry Grant named to start this week and Katoa. Uh, they came off the bench last week. Um, and we're hearing also too that Pappenhausen is going to play Queensland Cup again this week. Uh, he got through another game last week, which was great to see after that horrific knee injury. This is a massive ask for St. George. Um, I know they're playing in Wollongong. I mean, this game could be played on Mars. I don't think it would make too much difference. Stopping that red-hot storm team from last week is going to be an absolutely mammoth challenge for the uh, Red and Whites. Yeah. Um, yeah, they haven't been too bad of late, the Dragons. They've been having a go. But um, then they'll have a go this week. But I, I think uh, I think it's Melbourne. Uh, they want a top four spot. And uh, they, they basically, they, they get this win. They, they just about wrap up that, uh, that number four spot. And... Uh, they clicked into gear, obviously, last week and, and just put on a big score. Um, I don't know if they're going to put on that many uh, points, but without... Uh, I think when I had a look at who was playing this week, I think this was, for me, the game that I'm thinking will be the margin, uh, yeah. the biggest margin here. Um, the Dragons, I think they'll put up a fight for most of the game, but I, I see the storm towards the end of the game probably... Uh, you know, maybe running away a little bit with the game. Um, it's too important to them. They want to maintain that form from last week. And uh, well, the Dragons, I think they'll score some points, but uh, I think the Storm will score considerably more. So I'm sticking with them. And uh, I'm, I'm at this stage, without seeing all the games, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be my margin for the week. Yeah, I feel as though a lot of people are going to go with this one as the margin for the week. I think... Uh... A lot of people will be impressed with what the Storm put on last week. Um, now, in that other co- that other tipping comp we're in, um, I'm well, I'm not going to say I'm I'm within catching within distance of catching you. You're still well ahead in that, so 
Um, I, I feel like my well, only chance. Closer is, than you were the I'm week a lot before, closer right? than I was last week. I had, had Melbourne last week. Maybe you put four in a row like that, you're going to storm through and and win the comp. Yeah, so I've got to be strategic here and go with different teams to use. So I might find that Penrith ends up on my uh, on my sheet there if you're going with the Storm. But I I feel as though the Storm might actually get the biggest win of the week here. Not necessarily a knock against the Dragons, who I don't think have been too bad. They showed some good signs against South Sydney last week. They've had some. Um, They've had some decent performances. They'll be really disappointed with where they are on the table, but the Storm are just peaking at the right time. Um, they're just looking really good at the moment. Uh, I really like the balance of their side, and I think they're going to show over the next three weeks that they're a real premiership threat, and I think that putting teams like the Dragons to the sword um, will help cement that, and that's what we'll see this week. So Storm, for me, um, in a big win. <laughs> All right, moving on to Sunday's games. The first game on Sunday at 2pm will see us head up to Newcastle. McDonald Jones Stadium will see the um, what they, seventh place, the seventh place Knights take on eighth place Rabbitohs. So obviously massive implications here for the top eight. Uh, for the Knights, uh, this is a very interesting one here. Um, Jackson Hastings has been named to play uh, he went off the other day in the the game in their big win against the Bulldogs, um, and we were hearing that it was a there was a Cindy a syndesmosis injury. Um, the the word early this week is that it's not as bad as first thought, and that he should play. I think this is a watch this space because um, um, yeah, it, it'll be a great effort considering. Um, the way he came off, and if it is a syndesmosis injury, but hopefully for the Knights, he is good to go. Um, Bradman Best also returning from an adductor injury, so Twyla going to reserve. So if uh, Jackson Hastings and Bradman Best both play, it'd be a massive boost for the Knights. Um, for the Rabbitohs, um, they've got a slight change. Uh, Michael Cheekham back into the side. Uh, he was. Not selected last week. Uh, ben Lovett uh, did play, um, although he was initially going to be 18th man. He came in very late as um, Jake Cartwright was suffering back spasms in the um, in the warm up. So um, very interesting there. I've also noticed this week great news for Rabbitohs fans. Um, Hamesele and Tavita Totola both in the reserves. Um, They'd be massive ins coming back into this forward pack when they are fit, should they be able to play. Uh, also, a little bit of trivia for Rabbitohs fans. Um, Lachlan Ilias will play his 50th NRL game, and it's also Jason Demetrio's 50th game as NRL head coach. So, milestone game there for the halfback and the coach. But um, Newcastle, they've, they've really been the team in this second half of the season to, to set the world alight. Um, so, you know, be interesting to see what we see here against a team like the Rabbitohs, who many are expecting to be a contender, but they, they just haven't shown that form this um, this second half of the season. No. Um, I think uh, I think someone's trying to get your attention, Graham. Yeah. A third member of the Carpool yes, Rugby League uh, I, I didn't think team. we were... I didn't think we are going to get him on, but he's just asked for the link, so we might get him yeah. on for a, off the bench late. So we'll see if we can get yeah, Shano on board. I think he's trying to get in. He might have been listening. And, <laughs> um, heard, you know, he inspired those last week with his 
Uh, well, I thought it was uh, not quite a full on rant, but it's half a rant. A rant. Um, I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that they're going to win the game. Yeah. Um, I would love to see uh, Newcastle produce their best and see if that's good enough to beat South Sydney. Um, the battle of the number ones uh, is is uh, an exciting... Uh, hello, the old man. <laughs> I was going to say, we've got another carpool member on board. Oh, they're Can't all press the buttons, mate. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think that's, that's a big one. Uh, Kalen Ponger up against Latrell Mitchell. Um, it's uh, it, it really looks a good game. Uh, I think it's going to be an open game. Um, and I think we're going to see quite a few tries scored. It's a big challenge for the Knights because I do think if they win this game, uh, they'll go on and make the top eight. Um, if they lose this game, then, uh, you know, they're not out of the running, but it's going to obviously make it much harder. Um, South Sydney have to win this game. Um, yep. They lose this. There's still a chance to, to make the eight, but it does then become uh, a battle against the Roosters in the last round. They do have the buy up their sleeve, which is, you know, it's like gold uh, this time of the year, guaranteed two points. Um, but if they can beat the Knights, they're basically, uh, they're, they're almost certainly will be in the top eight. Uh, come uh, the end of round 27, whether or not they beat the Roosters. Uh, so this is, uh, they'll be targeting this game, I'm sure, as as a must-win game, but it's also a must-win for the Knights. So uh, I look forward to it. I do think South win because I think they're, uh, I think they're a classier side. Um, but if, if Newcastle win this, it's going to give them Unbelievable confidence. Graham, uh, obviously you're tipping South, but why will they win? I, I, I wish I could answer that. I wish I had the confidence. We've just got Shano coming on board now, and I don't know if I need oh, was, um, a, rant, a rant to get us fired quite, up or whether we need quite <laughs> something to get us happening. I would, have, I would have been on here 10 minutes earlier, but my... Uh... Oh, there's the hooter. Oh, yeah, we got the two-second tip. We've I would have been up already. <laughs> Have been on here 10 minutes earlier. However, my Zoom's a bit like Souths at the moment. Uh, it's quite Works slightly it wants to. It's unpredictable and constantly asking for updates. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, how are we, Griff? All good? Yeah, going well, thanks. Sorry. How are you, Shana? Yeah, very good. Good Thank to you. see you. Yeah, great to see you too. I'm watching the football with my girls. Um, uh, look, I, I suppose we're talking about the South game. What, what a time to jump on. Um, they were horrible last week. I thought that South Sydney really, um, they didn't even grind out the win. Uh, they, they played, they played slightly better than a team finishing second last. And they're up against the Newcastle side this week, which is on fire. Uh, it's, it's, it's just what South side wants to turn up. You know, both these sides are vying for a top eight spot. And it's going to be who shows up and does it. Um, 
Totola late named on an extended bench, maybe, maybe not. Um, I, I think the biggest problem with South Sydney at the moment is their forwards are just not giving them the platform to work from. So when the back line has to kick, um, you know, the, the two of the best kicks of the game were done by Latrell Mitchell. And, you know, like Lockie Ilias really needs to start finding ways to to create pressure. Um, yet again, one of his kicks off the side of the boot, lucky not to go out in the full last week. I, I'm really worried about this game. This is a game, I think, on Sunday, which is in the balance. I, I think this. I think that the initial thoughts of people in rugby league land slightly flatters the um, the Rabbitohs. I, I, I'm... Look, I'm going to pick South. You know, you know, I'm going to pick South. I, I would love to see Jai Arrow in at uh, the second row. If you know, if Tatola's fit, promote him. Put Host to the bench. Um, to be fair, I thought last week Talis Duncan and Shakai Mitchell, when they come on, played some really good football. They're up against a side that's absolutely on fire at the moment. Um, they know how to win. Going to be interesting to see Hastings. Like, you know, we thought it was career ending there for a minute. Lazarus, we'll call it today. Not of the Glen type, but yeah. Uh, shit. I'm picking South because I go for them, but gee whiz, um, I didn't see a lot that filled me with a lot with much confidence last week. No, I, I, I'm with you. They got the job done against a, a lesser opponent. They can't play like that and get away with it this week. And the problem is, Graham, that this is the problem. We've, we've said this for weeks. They can't keep playing like this. They can't keep playing like this. And they keep playing like this. Unless Demetrio comes up with something remotely better to to help this side out or the team look within themselves and figure it out they should just punt themselves out the back door and let someone who wants to have a go have a go because clearly they do not want to have a go they are kidding themselves i'm breaking up for the rant i'm winding i'm telling you now now, this team are dead set kidding themselves they think that they can turn up and win because of the players on the park Ellis has been kicking it out in the full or near the full for weeks on end now Latrell Mitchell, well, you know what? Run, don't run, do whatever you need to do, don't ever do. They are unfit. Since Origin, anyone that plays with any conviction at South Sydney has tapped out. If you've tapped out, let someone like Newcastle have the eight, because I'm telling you what, you're cannon fodder week one. You're kidding yourselves. Walk out now, let them win, and let's go have Mad Monday. That wasn't too Tom Burge is still out due to suspension. Uh, another thing to keep in mind there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Look, on form, the Knights should win. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? On form, the Knights should win. Um, it's it's a, it's very hard to, to justify here. You know, South Sydney victory. I mentioned earlier that it's Lachlan Ilias' 50th NRL game. Um, I was... And Demetrio is up to 50 as well. I think the I think the frustrating thing not to send Shane around the block again, but nah, I think when, at the start of last year, 
a lot of these, um, I wouldn't call them mistakes, but these learning curves that we saw from Lachlan Ilias, he, he had some really good games. And I think we were taken into consideration saying, oh, he's only a young halfback. Imagine when he's got 50 games under his belt. He's at that stage Bus! now. And I, and I don't know whether that improvement that people were looking at happening within that first 50 games has happened. So um, it's, we say it every week. It's a big week for them this week. Um, we can talk about all we want, but they've got to do the talking for once on the field. I'm tipping... If I didn't go for South, I don't think I'd tip them. Um, if, if I'm giving my honest advice to the tipsters out there based on who I think will win this game, um, I, I, I think that everything we've seen in the past six weeks would point to a Newcastle win. So my advice, tip Newcastle. But, um, yeah, you know, when the tipping sheet rolls out, can I, got can, I, can, I, can I be fair to one player? who's Just one? Who, Campbell Graham. Even last week, in actually two, Alex Johnson. Those two guys have really, like, you know, like they're taking hit-ups in every way, which way. They're getting their hands on the ball. I, I thought Campbell Graham last week, especially, in, and um, Johnson to score a double. You know, it's it's almost like, they just step up where when there's a lazy forward that doesn't want to take a run, they're one of the two doing it. When no one wants to take a scoot, they're one of the one. When, when you know, when the ball gets kicked deep, they're the guys getting back, taking a run. You know, I, I, I ran to there, but they're two players I think that if if you had to pull them aside in the dressing room and just say thank you, that's they're the two players you'd do it to. Fair enough. Um Next game of the round, I think there's only one left, Shana. You've sort of uh, come in on the tail end of this. We're looking uh, next at the 4 o'clock game. Now, this is the game we alluded to a little bit earlier as being very pivotal in the top eight race, even though the Bulldogs are not um, in that race. But it's a big game for the Raiders down in Canberra on Sunday afternoon uh, where they'll host the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um Jared Croker back from a hamstring injury in the centres. So Ethan Strange will go back to the reserves after his debut last week. Uh, wasn't a great day out for, for the Raiders last week. And young Ethan, we talked a lot about him in last week's podcast. Um, you can head back to the archives to to hear us talk about the um, the promise that this young man has. Um, Schiller will play his third game of the season. He's coming onto the bench with Starling um, for the Bulldogs. Jacob Preston suspended for a couple of matches after the hip drop tackle. Um, Corey Waddell in. Sutton returns from a neck injury. Thompson goes to the bench. Fatala Mariner on the bench with Edwards going to 18th man. Uh, last week, Griffo, we saw a really disappointing Raiders team. Um, they were just wiped off the park by the storm. Um the Bulldogs, we could probably also say the same thing. They were disappointing. They were wiped off the park by the Knights. Last Sunday, both teams got uh, got belted, had 40 scored against them. They'll be looking to turn it around. Raiders, you could argue, have a lot more to play for and are at home. How much of an impact do you think that'll have um, and how much of an opportunity do you think this is for the for the Dogs to spoil the party? Uh, short answer, I think uh, enough for the Raiders to get the job done. Um, 
both these teams got lapped last week. Um, one of them, however, had built up a, a lot of points uh, to the extent where they were challenging for the top four. Um, they have to win this, I think, to uh, ensure for... Well, they have to win this game. They lose this game, I don't think they'll make the eight. Um, the Bulldogs, I was really disappointed. Uh, I didn't see all the game. I did see sort of the start of the game. Um, when I was having lunch uh, with uh, one of my daughters uh, in a pub in, uh, in Mossman, and I could see the game. I couldn't hear what was going on, but there was just these tries that were scored with paper-thin defence, um, mm. and it was some of the big-name players that they just went straight through. Um, they were awful, and they obviously didn't get much better. Um, both these teams, yeah, as I said, they, they were awful last week. Canberra, as you say, Graham, they've got more to play for. Um, if they lose this game... Uh, well, uh, Ricky might, uh, I don't know what Ricky will do. He sort of blew up last week. He didn't want to talk at the press conference. I'm sure uh, he did talk in the dressing room. Um, on the flip side of the coaching equation, Cameron Seraldo was heralded as, you know, the, the next big uh, thing on the coaching ranks. Uh, knocked back some jobs, uh, got this one, and the Bulldogs are. Uh, I did see something where they're basically at the bottom of a whole range of stats, including uh, tries against, line breaks against, um, the sorts of things you don't want, and they're they're worst in the league for for a whole range of those stats that were they were actually not as bad last year, so. In, in many respects, they've gone backwards with with a better squad. So, yeah, but they have won seven games, um, which I think is as many as they won last year. Uh, I'm going to tip Canberra because they've got more to lose, um, and uh, at home, I think they'll they'll get over the top of uh, of Canterbury Shane. Yeah. How refreshing was it to see that Ricky Stewart actually told the truth for once last week? We just goes, we've got nothing. Like, you know, he, how many weeks have we seen him blame every Tom, Dick, and Harry? And last week he just goes, yeah, we were horrible. We've got nothing. Um, yeah, oh, geez, they were awful last week, the, the, the Raiders. Um, I'm just trying to think of something to say that's different to Griffo because Griffo's synopsis was brilliant and pretty much on point. Um, yeah, I, I think with I think it's quite interesting that with Seraldo's uh, team this year, it really has zigged when it should have zagged. Um, it's almost like it's almost like poor forms be become contagious for them. So no matter who you get in, it's always just going to happen. The Raiders last week were just awful. Like they just didn't even see, like, you know, no matter who they, like 
if I was the dra- if I was sorry, not dragons, if I was the bulldogs this week, I'd 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 be saying to them, we can beat these guys. Just go out there and do it. I think that I think I think injuries haven't been kind to the dogs, so there's a continue you know, getting continuity in their team hasn't helped. Um, they're not going to finish last, which which also helps. But I like what you said, Griffo, you know, when you haven't sort of done better than last year and you got this you got you got on paper a better side. I I think that for me, you can talk about what Raiders have to play for. I think the narrative this week for the dogs would be we have to beat last year. So whilst the top eight for the for the Raiders is their narrative, for the dogs, this is a must-win game. Not only not only for the success of their year, but for the culture of this club moving forward. So there's a lot to play for. I'm picking the Raiders for no other reason than I just can't pick the dogs because I just I just can't pick them. When I pick them, they they lose, and when I don't, they win. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Raiders the Raiders are cannon fodder at the moment. Um, if there's one team. Like, like you know, we talk about South Sydney in the eight, and and, and their lackluster performances. I think, I think Canberra are in that are in that category um, of of where they've played some. They've had some pretty kind. They've had a pretty kind draw, and they've had a very kind travel schedule. And when things get slightly tough, they get belted by forty points. That's been their year. You know, whenever they've had to travel somewhere they didn't want to go to, they got belted by forty. Um, so, yeah, I, this is a game for me. I think, I think they win, um, but but both teams have a massive thing to play for. Yeah, I think I think you guys are sort of on something here with um with Canberra. We're, we're not sort of convinced by them, and we don't think, oh yeah, this is a yeah, we're talking about a team that's spent a lot. Yeah, they've been sitting in fifth for a long time. You know, we're talking about sliding down to sixth, and you know, we're not convinced that they can beat a team that struggled all year and who showed awful defence last week. Canberra will win this game, um, and I have a feeling this could be the last game this year they win. I think that. Um, yeah, fair call. That's a very fair call, right? Given that they play the. Uh, Broncos, then Sharks, and depending on how the the top eight all sort of pans out, you don't know. I mean, they could have to play Newcastle in Newcastle week one of the finals. That's a real possibility, and there's no way that I'd um, I'd I'd back them in that. So they need to really turn it around. Not only the result, but they need to turn around the effort and the 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 attitude because last week was really poor. That's not the form you want to see and. Um, yeah, obviously to be sitting in the middle of the top eight with a minus one twenty four and against, um, it's 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 not a great sign. But the Bulldogs, their defence is that's woeful. I I I can see the Raiders um, scoring some tries. Nickel Clockstad, as we said, um, sorry, not Nickel Clockstad. They wish he sort of he was there. Um, the Jordan Rapan has been playing in there at fullback. Jared Croker this week I wanted to talk about as well. He um he's officially 
from what we're hearing, announcing his retirement. So he's coming to a close there. He'll be looking for some some big games. We also are, for the Raiders, seeing um, Jack Whiten winding down his time as a Raider as well. So there's some players there who'll be looking to have a big game at, at home. Um, and we know that when they turn it on, they can... Um, they, they can put on a good performance, but they're just too far and few between. Uh, lucky they're playing the Bulldogs this week. That's all I've got to say, so I'll stick with them in that regard. All right, fellas. Well, the only thing we've got left to do now is uh, have a bit of a look at what's been happening in the uh, NRLW over the past week. We had a good discussion last week about where the competition was at and... Um, you know, albeit a short competition, but we're starting to see now um, teams like the Roosters really kick on. Uh, the top four as it currently stands is Roosters, Knights, Raiders, Titans. Uh, all four of those teams have three wins and one loss. Uh, this week, the competition rolls on. We are round five. The first game we'll see on Saturday, Cowboys and Sharks. Um, both teams here will be looking to get a win. It's really important for both teams if they want to stay in, um, in touch with that top four. Uh, the Cowboys, we know uh, last week, they defeated the Tigers. Uh, that was a really close game. They got the job yeah, done. Yeah, right, uh, right on the bell. Last minute job. Yeah, Peters went over in the last minute there. And, and effectively, I'd, I'd almost say, Griffo, that's kept their season alive. Um, they're at Townsville again this week against the Sharks. Um Big game for them if they're going to be a chance of making the top four. Yes. Uh, I'm pleased to say that that uh, most of the games have been quite close. I was a little bit worried about that. Um, but to, particularly last week, uh, there, was, there was a golden point game. Um, there was uh, another very close game um, or two. Uh, so... Yeah, it's not quite producing the, the blowouts at this stage. There's been there's been some, but um, by and large, they've been competitive games. Uh, the two teams at the top, uh, I do believe, uh, are the two best teams in the, the Roosters and the Knights. Roosters were really good last week. Yeah, they. I don't know if you saw well, they've that. they've got the players. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're they're, they're playing to their or close to their ability, which is better than any other team can produce. Um, uh, I look forward to to when the, the two top teams do clash. Um, but yeah, it's competitive. Uh, the West Tigers will be disappointed that uh, they sit on two and two. Uh, they got a good four and against, which uh, keeps them just uh, at, above the other teams with two wins, but uh, they look like they had three wins, and and just unfortunately the fullback went to take a kick. Um, that in hindsight, and she never got in a good position. She might have been there were no Cowboys players there. She might have been better just letting the ball bounce, and because uh, uh, had that happened, uh, they'd probably have an extra two points. Um, Interestingly, Griff, like they play, you look at who they play this week in the um, in the. Dragons, the Dragons probably thought at some stage that they were controlling the game and everything was sweet for them to win until the field goal sort of sunk their ship as well. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, was that the Golden Point? That was the Golden Point one. Yeah. 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 I saw the uh, I saw the shorts of that one. Yeah. Um, some good. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think the Dragons w- would uh, challenge the Raiders last week, um, but they they did, to their credit, um, which is good. As I said, good for the competition when uh, uh, we've got these tight games, um, and they they perhaps were a little unlucky. From memory, there was a. I think it was Tegan Berry who scored a try for all money, but it was it was ruled a not a, a double movement. After uh, the seventeenth minute, you thought it was going to be a hundred nil, and then the Dragons just controlled the rest of the game, and and then all of a sudden extra time plays in. Yeah, it was just it was one of those strange games. Yeah, um, unfortunately for, for that team, though. I don't think they're going to make the four, and and, and, and those sorts of results will will ensure it because uh, I can't see them beating the, those two top sides, and um, yeah, to be in a position that they were and and, and not get the points was was disappointing. But uh, yeah, well, what are your thoughts on the on last week, Graham? Yeah, from from what I saw, actually, as I said, I was really impressed with the um, with the Roosters. I think um, you know, like you said, they've they've got the, th- the team on paper, but you know, I was watching the game and you just like you know, there's another household name of women's rugby league. There's another superstar. There's another star, and it was, um, you know, just the 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 attack. I think that was really good to see, just the way it was flowing. Um, you know, and and some of that work even there was that, yeah, and 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 you know, there was that one try. I think where, you know. Kelly threw the ball back on the inside and just even just the class in the finishing, being able to, you know, be in a difficult position, having to throw a good pass, just the quality in that team is is significant. And I think that, yeah, like you said, the teams we've got in the four now, I feel are going to be, they're most likely going to be the ones that are, that are going to push. Um, I didn't see a lot of the Knights game on Sunday. I... Did um, see some highlights from that, and what I could see, um, the Knights were very impressive there as well. We talked a lot about their team last week. Um, obviously, the um, you know the Southwells, but uh, Tamika Upton, um, she's she's just a phenomenal player as well. Yeah, she was seeing arguably her well, class every week. I don't even know if it's arguably the best. She's the best player uh, of the game. Female, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to say that. So I think it, it sets up this week. Like as I said, there's some some big games this week in a sense for um, you know the Cowboys and Sharks to try and push through. There's even some massive games later on in the week. Probably the um, the biggest game of the round this week, you'd say probably the Roosters and Titans. Um, and you've also got the Broncos there who are going to be trying to knock off the Knights to to keep their hopes alive. So. Some massive games this week. Um, from what we've seen that first game on Saturday, I think the Cowboys will be taking a fair bit of um, confidence into this game against the Sharks after they got over the line last week. But I think this will be a pretty close one. Do you guys think the Cowboys at home, that home advantage might be enough and the, the confidence from last week coming out of that win over the Tigers? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, it's the Sharks who really need to win the game. They've got some handy players, Tonagato, 
Tiana Penitani, Jada Taylor. Um, but uh, I thought the Cowboys looked pretty solid last week. And I think at home, I think they might have enough. Shane? Yeah, Cowboys for mine, I, yeah. I think. Well, the key thing this week, guys, there's the key The key games this week, in my, as I see them, is Broncos, what they do against the Knights. This will dictate their season. I think what the Titans do against the Roosters, because they've got to cement... They've got to cement their position because if they don't, if, and the and the Tigers win, Tigers win against the Dragons and Titans uh, fail against the Roosters. Well, then all of a sudden we we're jostling for positions, and this is exactly where I see the Cowboys at the moment. The Cowboys are going to win, in my opinion, but oh, I I, I, just, I just think that um, this week is the week that's going to make or break the season for, for a couple of teams. And I, I think that um, the Cowboys can win. They're still within earshot. Yeah, the, the Tigers are a bit like that as well because um, they've, they've had a good start to the season, better than what we expected. The Dragons, because it's such a short season, um, their season looks very different if they actually get that win in. I know it's a big if, but if they come away had come away with the two points last week, their season's looking, uh, you know, very different. Uh, mm. It's really tough now, but I, I just think back to that game. Um, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, remember that Thursday night game they played and the Roosters kept them to nil? Um, you know, it just, it just gave me an indication. I just worry that the Dragons against those top sides will struggle. So this is their chance here to show that they... You know, they can move up the ladder and still be a chance. But I think going off form for mine, the no, Tigers would probably be the, the, the team in this one. Graham, no, I think with this team at the moment, unfortunately, 30-0 uh, with the with the Roosters and just couldn't ice it last week, 1918. I, I think that pretty much, unfortunately, says where they're at. What do you reckon, Griffo? Yeah, I... I, I, I think there's I don't think they've got on paper a very strong side com- compared to uh, most of the other teams um, racing McGregor is, is obviously a standout um, and I'm not sure she's got a younger sister or whether I'm assuming her younger sister is injured but we've not seen her this year I can't remember her, 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 her first name unfortunately but um, yeah, I haven't seen her in, in any side, so I'm assuming there's an injury there. Uh, on the Tigers, they, they welcomed back uh, Bo Vette Welsh, who was out last week, and I think had she have been there, they certainly would have taken on the two points. Um, I think uh, Lasana Lutu was also out last week. She comes back. I think it's a pretty good side, this Tigers team. Yeah. Uh, with Sarah Togatuki, she's been outstanding. Yeah, uh, you got Kezi Apps in there. Christian Peel's been good. Um, Carpool Rugby League favourite, uh, unfortunately, has been relegated back to uh, the 18th yes. uh, woman. Uh, I, I did see uh, and I spoke to uh, Jess Kennedy last week. It was uh, on the Thursday, and uh, she'd made a debut. Um, she was so happy about that, but unhappy that. Uh, she only got ten minutes, um, which is. Uh, but you know, it was it was good for her to 
to make that. And then I, I only saw us a, a sort of come in in the second half of the game. Yeah. Um, and I, I think she saw got about her. Ten minutes again. No, what I saw, she was going great. There was a set yeah. six where she had a couple of hit ups, made good ground, defense was rock solid. Um, I thought she'd injured that other girl for a minute there, but uh, I think it was a <laughs> unrelated thing. She put a shot on and the, the opposition yeah, player didn't I, get up. Yeah, so you're saying she only got about 10 minutes again. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't on for very long. She she didn't play right. the first half at all. I think she came on about 10 minutes into the second half and then went right. off with about 10 minutes to go. Well, I, think I thought it was a good 10 that. minutes. But yeah, she made anyway. an impact. You don't yeah, know. You I might even so. see her there come... Um, well, that's it. Come, that's come it. game time. But, but um, uh, either way, I think the, the Tigers will be too strong for the Dragons, and I do think they might get uh, they might put up on a bit of a score on them. Um, Shane, what do you think? We still got Shane. Sorry, boys. Yes. Yeah. I, look, it, it, this is a really interesting game this week. I, I'm. I I think the Tigers are going to win this one. Um, listening to what you guys have just said, I can't disagree. The thing with the Dragons at the moment is they just can't gel, whereas the Tigers just seem to be chipping away and getting some really little things done very well. I'm I'm picking the Tigers. I, I think I think I think you know talking about Jess and I thought she there, I thought she whenever she's been on the field, I think she's been playing some phenomenal football, and I think that's where the Tigers are at at the moment. I think they're building to something really good. It's just whether they can find it before the finals. That's my thing. Yeah, um, it's 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 going to be tough for them because there are some teams that are in some really good form, and the the next team we we already alluded to it that the the Roosters. I think they're specials this week. They're coming against the Titans, who have actually been playing some good football. They're um, three and one. Their current record. Um, we know how good the Roosters are and how dominant they are. We saw the Titans. Um, last week was the they went down to the Knights, who are also a quality team. So we're starting to see some of these top quality teams come up against each other. But one thing we've also noticed with the Titans, um, they're there or thereabouts, but they haven't had those big wins like the Roosters, where the Roosters have been able to turn up and put thirty on a team. Um, you know the Titans have been winning games, scoring you know two or three tries this year. So I think it'll be a real test of the the Titans this week to see if they can crack the Roosters and and, and also hold them out in defence, Griffo. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be up to it. Um, this Roosters team, uh, it's it's high quality from you know from from one to seventeen really, uh, and even I think there's a couple of forwards who who are out for the season, big name players, but you, the guy, the sorry, not the guy, I shouldn't say that. Uh, um, the ladies that they've got coming in uh, are equally as big and powerful. Um, it's a production line of talent uh, under the, uh, well, it's not a sombrero, I don't think, but uh, it's it's certainly a, more than a wide-brimmed hat uh, that uh, they seem to have with a salary cap. Um, they, they win, and they win well, and... Uh, I mean, the Gold Coast have done well to, to be three and one, um, and, and you'd think it will go on and, and make the top four, uh, but uh, I just think they're going to get pumped, actually. 
this week, actually. Yeah, I can't say anything else. Uh, look, this is the week if the Titans want to be serious about where they are in this competition, um, they, they're going to rip in. They're just... This, this is where the NRL need to seriously look at the players in this competition. Now, I, I have nothing against what the Brewsters have done. I'm not having a go here. But the the spread of talent across all the teams is heavily favoured to this one. Um, very good, very good team, very good players. They're going to win. But I think if the Titans can just hang about, if the Titans can be nuisance factor, well, heaven knows, they just might be... Um, they just might be fighting for um, for a place later on to, 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 to play in the grand final. We've seen it before where the absolute favourite has faltered, but you know, I don't even know if they're absolute favourites anymore. This is like this is this is like a this is like a stacked side playing you know, this this is the Globetrotters versing the the generals, you know, the generals win what they've won five in the history. Um, they win occasionally, but they're due. You know, yeah, yeah, they're due. <laughs> thanks, Homer. Um, oh, thanks, Krusty. Um, mm. but yeah, I, I, I just can't see how um, the Titans will win. But if they can just if they can stay there or thereabouts, this will be very important for their season. They've got a yeah. couple of outs too, right? In James. Yeah, they do. They're, 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 they're in trouble. Riley Jorgensen. Yeah. So it uh, even adds to the it's fact. It's going to make that, it even harder for the Titans, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I do honestly think that the, the Titans, some of the players that Titans have, that they've got a, they've got like for like depth. Like I know that sounds silly. Like, you know, otherwise they'd play in first grade. But it's, it's not as if, like, I know... Yeah, when a superstar goes out, it's very hard to replace. They've got very good like-for-like depth, the, the Titans. I actually think the Titans, if you take out of the equation a team like the, the Roosters, I think the Titans are actually one of the most well-balanced sides in the competition. So, you know, if, if, if they can come out and do a job, well, then who knows? Who knows, yeah. And I'll tell you, the, the massive game Sunday... Um... The Knights, who have been really good this season, coming up against the Broncos. The Broncos aren't a bad team uh, by any stretch. Um, it will be tough for them, though, playing against the Knights, who have shown some real form. And as we said, um, you know, we we basically think that the best female player in the world is uh, is the number one for the Knights. So obviously she's got to be a feature player in this one. Mm-hmm. Strange that she's not playing for the Roosters, isn't it? The best player in the world. Yeah, that's true. Maybe what couldn't fit her in. Couldn't fit her in the cat. All right. There's a cat. Um, but I yeah, I mean, the Knights, Knights taking on the Broncos, obviously a massive game, especially for the Broncos, who I think they need to, to win this one to, to push if they're going to be one of those top sides. Yeah, they do, but um, I like the look of Newcastle. They're not as strong as they were last year, but they're still a really good side. Um, yeah, Hannah Southwell now back to the starting lineup uh, has overcome that. I think it was an ACL. Um, Clydesdale and Johnston in the second row. Uh, it's a strong pack. 
Um, Olivia Higgins has been going well at, at hooker. Um, then you've got the the uh, the absolute talent of, of Jesse Southwell combining with the best player in the game, Tamika Ropton, in the back set. Um, yeah, the Broncos have, you know, they lost the first two. They've, they've come back and, and got two in a row. Um, if they're, they're obviously, they they see themselves as always as a, a premiership threat. Um, but a Broncos without uh, the likes of Taron Aiken, just to me, are not anywhere near as strong. I know Gail Broughton's a, a quality player, but... Um, I just don't think they offer the the threat um, with the ball that that they once did. Um, they can win this game, but I don't think they will. I think Newcastle for mine. Uh, Jesse Southwell, Tamika Opton, those when those two ladies are on the field, um, they're not going to lose too many games. Shane. Yeah, I agree with you. If I look at this team that they're fielded this week, this is the this is their premier team in some way, shape or form. Um, I actually think that this team would give, uh, be very interesting to see them play the Roosters. I agree with everything you said. Um, can I just say any team with Ali Brigginshaw in it is always worth a chance. Uh, it's going to be what the Fords do. The, the, the Brisbane Fords have been all right. Like They've actually laid some sort of platform. It's not as if... Um, you know, I think in previous years we often we often think of certain teams as being this. Can we score from seventy out? Whereas the Broncos have methodically ground out our sets to try and do, to try and um, to try and build some capital on that. I don't see that this week. I actually think the Knights are specials this week. I, I, I just look at their side and we said it last week. We actually mentioned the Knights last week in absolutely glowing terms. And I I actually think that they're they're just as good this week, if not better. I've I've got the Knights winning uh, at, at home and winning well. I, I, I think that this oh. is going to I think this is going to be the week where the Knights um cement their place as one of the top two teams in this competition. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ruling out a Broncos bounce back, but I think the safe bet there might be to go with the Knights, given their form, should be an absolute belter. Um, the Raiders too. The Raiders have been, for me, I'm not going to say the surprise packet of the the Premiership so far, but I, I feel like I'm talking about the NRL again. I feel like their position on the ladder might be slightly inflated. Um you know, but they are sitting in third. They have only lost one game. I wouldn't have had them in the top four teams in the competition, nor do I think that they're going to be one of the top four teams once um, the season pans out. But they're playing this week uh, against Parramatta, who um, have been disappointing. And I, 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 I dare say Parramatta's probably been the worst team in this competition so far. I think that uh, you'd have to say, Griffo, that Canberra would be the uh, the team you'd expect to win this one. Yeah, 100%. Um, the uh, the Parramatta side, uh, I don't think they've won a game yet. and uh, They may not win a game all season. Um, they do have Rachel Pearson in there. I don't know if she played last week or not. One of the 
sort of big off-season signings. Um, Elsie Albert, I don't see her name there. Um, we know that Kennedy Charrington, who's you know probably their best player, he's basically out for the season. Um, will come back and maybe get one or two games uh, before the semis, but Impara won't be there. So yeah, they they look as though uh, that uh, it'll be a bit of cannon fodder, I think, for the Raiders. The Raiders. They're a big side, um, big side, and uh, the their smallest forward, uh, maybe apart from the hooker, um, has got the biggest heart. Samana Talfa, she's a machine. Um, I love the way she plays. Um, I just think that they'll be far too strong in the forwards for. For Parramatta, they got the skill in the halves of Zahara, Tamara, and Ash Quinlan. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, the mind definitely Raiders. Shane. Yeah, I, I picked an upset last week, didn't I? And to be to be fair, I think I think if Parramatta Parramatta's best game of the year was last week, and they actually played some very good football. They. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think they ever look like they're in a position to win, but they actually they did all right. They they did far better than what their their worth dictates. You know, they they lost they lost by ten against the Broncos. Um, but you know, when 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 Donovan scored last week in the fifty second minute, they really had the upper hand. It was just trying to find. Um, it was just trying to find. Um, it was just trying to find ways around that. To be fair, though, the two sin bins at the time helped Parramatta dramatically. Um, look, I, I, I'm picking the Raiders in this one. I think the Raiders are going to win and win well. But if the Parramatta Eels could could find some of the form of last week when they played the Broncos, um, this may not be the walkover that that, that people predict. Like this could actually be a game where the Eels will not win. I'm not saying they're going to win, but but you know if they can compete. And I think last week, if there's one feature of the Parramatta side, they competed. They had a go, and and that's something that last week I honestly thought they would. I saw something in the week before, in the last 15 minutes, where I thought, no, nah, they're actually having a go here. And if they have a go against the Broncos, who knows? And it didn't come to fruition. But this week, I think it's a Raiders win. But I think the Eels are going to have a go. And it's going to be closer than what maybe we all think. Yeah, well, it'll be um, definitely interesting to watch. Um, all that's really left now, fellas, is to sit back and watch some football. Um, there's a lot of sport on at the moment. We've got the, um, the Women's World Cup at the moment as we're recording this. We've just seen Spain. Matilda's play England tomorrow. Oh, no. so lots yeah. of big week, not only in women's rugby league, but uh, women's football as well. And um, as we said, big week in the NRL. We say that every week, but there's, uh, there's... A, lot of, a lot of World Cup noise. Congratulations to the Diamonds, the women, yes. the team. Uh, yes. World Cup champions beat England. Yep. They did. So. It is sort of, um, yeah, it, it is sort of expected. Um, it is, but they lost, they lost in the round match. Too. They did, yeah. 
keep it interesting. So just <laughs> to spice it up, just to give him a shot. Yeah, I, I, um, my uh, cousin put a post on on Facebook. Uh, she's, a, I think, a, an avid netball fan and sort of saying, well, you know, why aren't we hearing about the diamonds? Why isn't there talk of a public holiday, et cetera, et cetera? Um, it's basically because it's it's a game that is really only competitive in, in a handful of Commonwealth nations it's in a similar way to, I guess, where rugby league's at globally at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, it's great. It's great. It's great to see the green and gold, you know, getting up. Um, and really? congratulations to them. I'm actually going to. The Diamonds. Um, to the swim team from a few weeks ago, they, yeah. they killed it. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously good, but um, I think the difference is that with the Matildas is, is that they're competing in um, probably the, well, I don't think probably it is oh, the most competitive sport, yeah. team sport yeah, of anything globally. So that's why um, it's, it's and, and the fact that it's here, uh, this yeah. it's a global event. It's in it's in our backyard. Uh, it's in Sydney, um, the home of the Rabbitohs is uh, is 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 essentially the home of the Matildas in many ways. Uh, I know they've played games in in other places, but um, the biggest games uh, Stadium scheduled for uh, yeah, absolutely, and, uh, right. and it's great. Um, I wish I was going. I'm not, but uh, no. I'll be watching and. Uh, yeah. I mean, what what a what a what a sporting event uh, last last uh, Saturday night was. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Can I can I say two things? My daughter, eldest daughter, brought up a very good point with the diamond. She said, um, "It's a very interesting." And and I didn't prompt this. She actually just brought it up when they won. She said, "It's a very interesting learning curve for for for." for sports like rugby league that you can win something and and incidentally the men's basketball world cup is about to start it's actually the boomers play before the matildas tomorrow if anyone wants to watch the basketball i'll be watching it and she said it's a very good good lesson for rugby league that if they want to expand globally and they want to expand their brand um what happens what happens from here? You know, like like you look at what's happening at the World Cup at the moment. It, 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 have we? It, and she didn't say it as eloquently because maybe she doesn't have vocabulary. But she sort of more or less said, "Has rugby league hit the ceiling? Was the last World Cup the point at where we hit the ceiling, and we've got to regenerate that again?" And I thought that was a pretty wise comment to make, considering in the light we're seeing things like. The women's world cup what is the ceiling for this and and how do we develop a, a game more globally now to, to countries who to countries who 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 may not at first see the worth in it but then all of a sudden see they've got a place in this competition i think that's i think it's a i think i think it's a really interesting point that if we're going to have a thing like a World Cup, and I think this is where, you know, what's happening at the moment is do we not have a World Cup? 
you know, in a lot of in a lot of Commonwealth countries, that the value of a World Cup's being highly argued because basically it's not a World Cup. It's 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 a group of five nations who are very good in the rest. Do we start developing other nations and not necessarily have this, but more or less say, let's have a let's have a competition over four years where everyone gets to play everyone and experience what it's like. And I think rugby league's at this interesting crossroads at the moment where globally I think there's countries that really need to get together and start saying, well, if we want this to be bigger, we need to invest in certain countries. And it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Uh, I think that's interesting, Shano. Um, Very interesting, actually. I I like the concept of a World Cup um, for our game. Yep. Um, It's something that's been around for a long time historically. Yeah, I do too. Um, in various forms, but um, yeah, I, as we talked about in a previous uh, episode, I'm disappointed it's going back to ten teams. I, I think that's uh, that's a retrograde step, and maybe it's financial. But um, I, what I think they could do, and I don't know if this is planned or not, but like the cricket did with. Um, with their World Cup, uh, might have been the, one of the 2020 tournaments, but they seem to have a qualifying event yeah, they do. Yeah. beforehand yeah. where the, I guess and, the, yeah, the lesser Holland. lights yeah. have the opportunity. Where the two teams yeah. Got. yeah, but I think for the, the previous one as well, yeah, they uh, sure did. The Dutch, was that a 50 over? That that so so the, so Holland uh, only, you know our lineage, so yeah. Holland made the T Twenty World Cup based on that. Yeah, that's the upcoming one, one, and that's the last one. The T the the the, the, the international fifty over match. Um, that competition has just finished two months ago. Right, where Holland and Sri Lanka were the two teams. Okay, so okay, so fifty now there's one's an coming up. Yeah. I think there's now an opportunity for one more team. And that now looks like it might even be Scotland. So, and and you know what, West Indies have missed out. Yep. In all this. Yeah, but I I do like that concept of giving a number of countries uh, the chance, and and if they're good enough, they get there. Um, Can I offer an, a, a a suggestion here? I would love to see an opportunity where we say, okay, we're going to have a North American um, team. So combined, or even an America's team, combined America, Canada, Jamaica, whoever, right? Where you say, bring them out to Australia and not just bring them out to Australia to play Australia or to play a invitational Australian team, but for six weeks to train, to be with NRL clubs, to get, like we, we've got, we're at the point now where where an American player through their system is now playing in the Super League. Should we start saying to these people, come on out, give it a go. If you're if you're an NFL player who just can't crack it, are we because you know what? That's what NFL did. NFL did that to rugby and rugby league. 
They said, if you're a fringe player who can't crack it, come out and look at NFL as a game. Now, I know they've got far more money, but should we start, should we start creating these invitational matches where we're pulling people from countries? Yeah, and now with the, people talk about France. Remember when France was a powerhouse of rugby league? No, it was a long time ago. I know, but but still, like, there, it was once upon a time, and that's the thing. Yeah. In, in the world of once upon a times, so was England. Yeah. You know, like, like, we talk about football, like, round ball football. Like, England was once upon a time, too. Because they got a great domestic league doesn't necessarily mean they've got a great national team. I, I think, Shane in, in particularly in the case of France, in the last you know, several decades, anyone that was any good got taken by the rugby union uh, with the dollars. Of course. So that's been a handbrake. I think if um, we could show them, if we could do invitationals to Australia, we, we have the premier competition. That's it. The NRL is the best competition in the world for the, for our sport. Yeah. If we can create invitational opportunities and on the back of that start saying to the NRL and start saying to people, let's broaden the cap, all of a sudden I think globally we're going to see far more interest in wanting to play this sport. This sport has been stifled by the fact that the best competition in the world has a very narrow window of monetary opportunity. Take the NBA. The NBA had a cap of $4 million. With third party, with all this other stuff, you could make money. I think what we've got to start to understand is it's up to Australia and the NRL to start growing this game globally because the next big, big person could be from outside our shores. Maybe. I think, Shane, this is what Las Vegas is... And, and I, agree. I agree with you. But the problem is no one's going to come back to Australia and play Griffo if if everything gets restricted. Yeah. I think what the NRL need to do is start creating invitationals, start throwing some money at it, and start broadening things to allow money to flow within the game or outside the game as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I applaud the, 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 the move because the whole Las Vegas thing is, is about bringing more money into the game and giving, you know, people in the United States a bit of a taster so that they can uh, get the, the TV subscriptions and the, the betting and whatnot, but also then giving the opportunity to, to guys who, who don't make it in the NFL, which is most of them, uh, because it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's only the absolute elite that make it through there and there's no sort of second tier type competition i guess um after the you know the, the college the college system is basically a, a gateway to the nfl I'm, I'm not an expert by any stretch but oh, no, you're but, um, but but yeah there's nothing if you don't make it then in the nfl there's nowhere to go there's no from what i've heard there's no oh. second tier comp or anything like that. I think I think it's been put perfectly where they said how many AFL players go to America and are punters, yet no American punter would come back, will come to Australia 
to have a go at the AFL. Yeah, interesting. You don't see yeah. it as a pathway, and I think that's what's that's what the NRL need to start doing. Start creating and see us as a pathway for some form of professional sport. Your lifetime, Shano. Oh, Your lifetime, <laughs> I doubt I it. So. Maybe my daughters, but it's yeah. it's it's. it's it's, but it's, it's a start. Like this, it takes this a bit of innovation. thing is, is a start. It's a spark. And I think that's what frustrates me. You know, my daughter and I were talking about South Sydney going to Las Vegas. And, and, and she said, why? She said, why would, we, why would we say yes, Dad? It's dumb. You know, like every time, you know, it's going to put us on the back foot. We have no idea what the scheduling's like. This could ruin three three rounds for South Sydney, you, you know, you better come away with a win because you don't know what you're going to be like the next following weeks. And I said to her, I said, look, you make some fantastic points to South Sydney fan. I said, as an NRL fan, I see this as the spark that might create something. But the problem is I just don't have the faith in the NRL to kindle the fire that's the problem at the moment that we can create all these sparks and i think people like the landies and people before him have created these sparks it's up to now the people within the nrl and the teams of the nrl to now kindle the fire to get it to burn and and you know i agree with you griff things in things with rugby league happen glacially you know like it's a glacial move like but, but there's people out there that could well and truly want to play our game if we start offering the right incentives, the right money. We've got to think outside the box. We've got to start thinking that there's people outside of, 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 of who we are that might want to play our game. And if it means we have to up the cap by a significant amount, if it means we've got to put the pressure on media to pay for that, if it means we've got to start saying, find your third parties, then do it. Because you know what? It's, 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 it's something that, that needs to happen. I, I, I think if we want to start saying we need another two teams in the NRL, or at least another team in the NRL, my personal opinion, I don't think we've got another 17 elite players to fill another team. That's a really sad thing to say. And that's only because our population is very small. If this was an American game, there would be more than enough. If this was an English game, there'd be more than enough. If we had this type of opportunity in Europe, there'd be more than enough. We've got to start, if we want to start saying we need another team because this odd team's stupid, and it is, we've got to start looking far afield. And I think we've got to start changing up the way we look at where we get our players from. And it's fair to say, I think, that the cap and third party is the first place to do this. Oh, yeah. so, I, I don't, just... don't disagree with too much of that, Graham. No, no, I'm just saying, like, it's, um, it's, 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 it's one of the, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go around the block again, so I'm just going to sort of say it, it, it is one of those tough things where you can have a lot of these ideas that, you know, look good on paper, but as as I think you guys were saying, that there's got to be some substance behind it. Um, I think the, yeah, I mean, we've got to look to it, look to expand the game, got to look to 
to I think participation's a big thing, and I think you guys are right. And I think the hard thing is it'd be interesting to see the rates. Um, whether I don't know what the participation rates are for young people, whether we're seeing more youngsters playing rugby league or. Well, you know, I think they they talk we... about growth, but I think most of the growth is in the female game. So. I um, think so too. Growing from a small base, it's growth is growth. Um, mm. But uh, I, and I I can't quantify this, but I I think uh, registrations for males has been a bit of decline recently. Just to one of Shano's points, I, I grew up um, in, in you know started following rugby league in the nineteen seventies. Um, as a as a child, and through seventies eighties, rugby league was essentially a game in this country played by Australian white guys, mm. um, and and obviously before that, that probably even more so, um, you know, the sprinkling of uh, of indigenous guys. Um, a very thin uh, sprinkling of of uh, Pacific Islanders, mainly uh, Maoris, but they were trailblazers. Guys like uh, the big old Olsen Filipana, um, Henry Tartner, um, the Sorensen brothers from from the Sharks. It's it's. Uh, all very very different today it's very much a multicultural game so the base of of where players are coming from has widened somewhat albeit that a lot of those uh, guys who represent island countries like Samoa and Tonga uh, you know have grown up here or, or in New Zealand but it is different. It, it is different, very much so from from how it looked, you know, thirty years ago. Um, and so, it, what you're saying, Shane? That, that I think there's very much the scope for it to um, to change even further. And, and uh, I mean, the U.S. So many athletes who who don't make it through to the NFL um, they're the guys that, that we want to well, potentially at the moment, Rufo, they're calling it the Polynesian invasion they're basically in the saying, NFL yeah they're basically saying that the New Zealand Samoa Tongan invasion of players going over there is huge and you yeah. think well there's some very talented very quick and we saw it with Jared Hayne and, and I know Jared Hayne um you know, let's just talk about his talent. Let's not talk about him as a person for the moment. He was a premier player of our sport who went over to America and, and, and did some very good things. Surely there's this, the equivalent player who can come yeah. over here and set it alight. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's what we got to look for. In theory, yes. Um, I, I heard Fletch talking this afternoon on, on his program about um, they actually had two guys um, from the States come and, and spend a lot of time at the Roosters back in when he was playing. Um, and they were amazing athletes. 
who could at training, you know, all the, you know, the fitness stuff and the explosive stuff at training that they'd be more than up there with the best, the local guys, but, but they just couldn't acquire the skills of, of the game because they'd come in they were like around 2021. They weren't over the hill by any stretch, but, to, to to be you know to be at the best it's it's incredibly hard to learn a game from that age and 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 then go on and and be incredibly good at it um that, that you really need to be learning the game as a you know a, really a teenager i guess is what he was saying and he's uh, he's seen it he he's seen it in, in his club I, I wasn't aware of it till i heard him talk today uh-huh. I know there was a there was a system at the Roosters where where their frustration was was that they just couldn't understand the game. I think I think if we I think the biggest problem is they'd never seen the game before. That's part of the first step yep. is to get the game over there so they can see it and go, oh, okay, this is what it looks like. And and a part of me says that's where people like Russell Crowe plays a really integral part to say, I'll never forget when he took, when he bought South Sydney, there was that great, I think it was um, Jay Leno. He was, he was, he was interviewed by Jay Leno and he had David Fayolongo um, who had a South Sydney Jersey on and, and they showed the American public who, who he bought and this is his mob. And Jay Leno went, who the hell is this guy? Like what a machine. And they, he just said he's an average rugby league player. And I think that's what people of this... Now, if we can get the Hemsworths of the... Of, yeah. of, you know, get them to start saying, this is yeah. what rugby league is. I think I think the difference is what we've got to start on getting them to understand is this is what it looks like. You know, like, I can give you the ingredients of a cake. Unless you see what a cake actually looks like, it's very hard to bake. And I think that's what I think that's what the failures of previous establishments have done is they've got these athletes who are supreme athletes. Like I remember the 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 roosters of the um of the two thousands, early two thousands, um, late nineties, early two thousands, got some supreme athletes, but they just didn't know what rugby league looked like. Yeah. They've got to know what rugby league looks like, or rugby union even looks like. And and I think a classic a classic example of that is the um, is the um, the the rugby union nines team of the the Fijian team where they know what rugby union looks like. They're brilliant at what they do. They're they're, they're champions of it, and 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 they've created this niche for themselves. And I think that's what that's what sort of American or this what this this high volume population teams can do is say look let's look at this team let's look at our niche and you know what now how did new zealand start way back when we're going to build we're going to build fords we're going to we're going to export fords out to every nrl club these explosive fords who just know how to run the football then what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of our highly skilled players like Stacey Jones and get them into the system and get them playing football. And before you know it, this that team played in the grand final. I think it's just the methodology that needs tweaking. Definitely. Well, look, we're solving all sorts of problems here tonight. We've got the uh, 
not only the future of this week's games, but the future of the game itself in our hands and a lot of debate about it. It's good to see some talk about that. It'll be interesting to see, you know, we talked about earlier on, um, 10-year contracts. The game could be vastly different in, in 10 years' time. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a... <laughs> Definitely watch this space and something to keep an eye on, but I think that might just about do us tonight, guys. We've uh, we've definitely covered a lot of ground here in the uh, the carpool rugby league vehicle. Uh, we thank everyone for being on board with us, and um, not only good luck to your NRL teams this week, but uh, I think it'd be remiss of us not to wish the Matildas luck this week. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And thanks for listening, uh, and uh, we'll be on again next week. Don't forget what our tips were, because we're in form. We're in form. That's Perfect right, yeah. last week. Perfect. I think we all have the same tips again this week too, maybe. So, it's a worry. Good luck with your tips. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah,